Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey folks, Roland Martin here. Today is Tuesday, August 13th, 2019. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Rich Paul, the agent for LeBron James, smacks down the NCAA. They back down, requiring a bachelor's degree. We'll tell you about the power of black athletes now flexing their muscle when it comes to trying to affect the changes in the NCAA. Also, the story has leaked that Rock Nation, Jay-Z's company, is going to do a deal to uh, handle entertainment and do social justice work with the NFL. What does that mean about the white bowling of Colin Kaepernick? We'll talk about that with our panel as well. Also, folks, uh, on uh, today's show, white evangelicals, white conservative evangelicals, make it clear they are all in for Donald Trump. I have been warning you not to trust them. All they care about, I keep telling y'all, is abortion as well as uh, same-sex marriage. They don't give a damn about his racism. They don't give a damn about how he does the environment and how that's a troubling, troubling sign for 2020. Also, folks, 
uh, on today's show. Uh, we'll deal with uh, what is happening. First of all, we'll also talk about of course, with Lonnie Love, had chance to catch up with her at Essence uh, Festival. What's happening with the real? And other things she's involved in, folks. We got a jam-packed show. Oh, it's time to bring the funk. I'm Roland Martin on Filter. Let's go. show we also talk about the power of the black athlete especially in the nba well we had just saw that this week when the ncaa announced that they had a new certification process for agents to represent players who leave early they demand they require a four-year bachelor's degree well that calls folks like lebron james to put them on blast his longtime friend rich paul who set up his own agency which is now the dominant sports agency in the nba well he made it perfectly clear this is bs and then he also wrote about it uh in a piece uh, online and what was also interesting is that the ncaa after they got fierce criticism from folks in media especially black folks back down and change that requirement. Joining us right now to talk about this is Justin Tinsley, culture and sports writer for The Undefeated. Uh, Justin, glad to have you in Roller Mark Unfiltered. Thank you for having me. Uh, you talk about power, flexing muscle. Rich Paul is arguably the most powerful sports agent in the NBA. And to put the NCAA on blast, saying, why in the hell are you requiring a four-year bachelor's degree? And But he broke down how this could lead to institutional exclusion of black folks. Uh, your thoughts about this power move by Rich Paul forcing the NCAA to back down? Well, first and foremost, as Rich noted in his column on on The Athletic, and I, and I wrote in mine for The Undefeated, this was always going to be about more than just Rich Paul, like, because Rich Paul is who he is now. He's, he's best friends with LeBron, and he's an astute businessman. He has some of the top clients in the NBA, whether it be Anthony Davis, uh, Draymond Green, so on and so forth, and, of course, LeBron being the most prominent. So he's, our, he's already... You know, in the eyes of some, in the eyes of some detractors, he's infiltrated the system. This is about providing a stopgap for the next class of Rich Paul. So that's what that's that's what that was always about. And if and if you could just go back through the NCAA's history, uh, I think a lot of people saw this decision as a way to police black mobility within college sports. We I don't even have to go into in depth how desegregation impacted HBCU sports. We all know about the pay-for-play um, debate in sports that has raged on for decades now. And uh, you just look at uh, black graduation rates for black athletes at these Power Five schools. They all, they're all disproportionately affect uh, black athletes in, a, in, a, in an actual negative manner. So this was just uh, the, next, the next chapter in that story. And I think Rich Paul and LeBron and so many other people saw that for what it was. 
And it, it by the text of the by the text of the rule, it was it was a racially racially neutral rule. But by implementation, it it definitely had racial implications because it just impacted basketball. If it if it didn't have anything to do with that, it should have been a rule that impacted across the board. Like they didn't they didn't influence this rule for college hockey, but it was just for college basketball. So that's how a lot of people. And, and that has always been the issue. That folks have brought up in terms of how the NCAA and really um, folks at large, especially a lot of white folks, how we view these issues in sports because uh, the language around football and basketball is totally different than the language around tennis, around hockey, around baseball, and other sports. You say which two sports? You see mostly African Americans, football and basketball. Yeah, and, and absolutely, those are the those are the revenue revenue generating sports as well. When you look at the grand scheme of things, uh, this again, this was a way to police black mobility because this, now again, if if, if you can have agents come in and they don't have the, the bachelor's degrees, they don't come from the big time business schools or graduate programs that a lot of other agents may have come from. If, if you have unconventional routes in into that world, that's going to scare a lot of people. And, you know, Rich Paul, man, when you're young, you're black, you're smart, you're confident, you're going to scare a lot of people, in which he did. Again, this rule was about much more than Rich Paul, but if Rich Paul had to be the one to, at least for six days while the rule was actually implemented, fall on that sword, he was the perfect person to do it because once you have power, you have respect as well. And that, that power and that respect, it just it, it blew up in the NCAA's face, and they knew they had to rescind that because there's no way you can keep that rule the way it is. One, because it wasn't going to stop what was already going to happen anyway. These players are being – these players are playing on AAU teams. They're, they're playing nationally as, as young as middle school. Like I, I follow a couple of different accounts on Instagram, and I see middle school players being touted as, oh, this guy is the, this guy is the top five player in the 2024 class. And I'm like – Hold on, class of 2024, how old is he at this point? And so these guys are all, these young men are already, these young boys, excuse me, they're already on the national profile from, the, from a very young age. So it's not like implementing a rule is going gonna, is gonna to stop what is already going to happen anyway. And it's not like acting a bachelor's degree is the say-all, end-all, be-all in terms of your competency. Again, just, but I want to go back to, to power. Mm-hmm. This is about power and money. What we're talking about, Billions of dollars. And what is and what we know is that historically you have had white agents that have dominated this area. And how did that then transcend? Well, then you had white private advisors, white lawyers, white accountants, white business managers, white marketing firms. LeBron James comes along, takes his boys sends them to get trained. They then take over their own marketing, take over the side of the clients. And so really what we're dealing with here, which is why I think the audience needs to understand how this thing sort of just multiplies. What you're seeing are folks who are saying, yo, hold up. These black folks have figured the game out and they're going to start expanding this thing we're not going to be able to control the billions of dollars flowing through. We now got to share. Absolutely. You know, the thing about equality is when you've had the power for so much long, for, for, excuse me, for so long, 
when other people say, like, no, I want a piece of this power, too, you start to feel like you're losing your place in society when you're really not. But then you start to react in ways that uh, we see and just we just see in all walks of life with LeBron. Like you said, he, he was a guy at 19 years old. He uh he, he decided to bring his boys on. Excuse me. He decided to bring his friends on, and they became business partners, Randy Mims, Maverick Carter, and Rich Paul, of course. And a lot of people panned him at the time. A lot. Of, if you go back and just read the reports, a lot of people saying LeBron made a stupid mistake. This is going to blow up in his face. Well, nearly 15 years later, we're seeing this now. And LeBron is hands down the most powerful athlete we've ever seen in the four, at least the four major sports. It's not, it's not even close. And when, once you have somebody like LeBron whose influence is what it is, this, this starts to, to open eyes, this starts to open imaginations, and to really just be like, hey, hey, look, I'm the one that brings the power to the table, whether that be on the court or off the court. LeBron James, he doesn't need somebody who doesn't really know him or knows what his, what his, what his influences are, what his hopes, what his dreams are, speaking for him if they don't really know who he is. His friends, Randy, Maverick, Rich, they knew that. And I think a lot of young players will see that. And what, once you start to see that trend, once you start to see that shift, and then once you start to see money going different places where, as before, it wasn't going, that's going to scare a lot of people. And if people can try to halt that process, they'll implement rules like that, which well, only lasts for six here, days. Dr. Cleo, uh, Cleo Monago, social political analyst, Kelly Bethea, communication strategist, Malik Abdul, vice president, Black Conservative Federation. Cleo, I'll start with you. Uh, and if there's somebody who's watching who's saying, okay, why you make a big deal out of this? This is just sports. No. This is about the control of the flow of dollars. This is about black folks being in control of our own destiny, Cleo. That's what this is. And the NCAA got blasted because now black people also have platforms, have voices, and can flex this power. Well, as we spoke, spoke about before on other issues, this is a scary time for people who want white power to continue. And NCAA's impulse was, in my opinion, to circumvent the potential for the likes of these brothers to actually stay in their position because they want to keep the power position. As I've spoken about before, in sports, particularly basketball and football, brothers are, are the lion's share of who are the magicians who make the sport work. At least white men who are concerned about their egos and their power get to run and control everything. And I think that's what prompted the knee-jerk reaction. But it wasn't logical or helpful to keep it going, so they had to rescind. But this is something that's going to be interesting to see what goes forward, because he mentioned the, <clears throat> the power of LeBron. But there's people who are doing things, even on the presidential level and other kinds of institutional levels, to try to keep white power where it is. So it'll be interesting to see how this pans out over time, because LeBron is changing the game in terms of bringing his friends aboard. But this is, is not just about power and money generically. In my opinion, this is about white males keeping the his, historical power they've always had. And they're concerned about there being a shift in that because they want to feel relevant. And when it comes to sports, not unless they're in that powerful position, they are irrelevant proportion to the black men that are involved. So this is very interesting to me. And the great, the great thing that I actually think about... Kelly yeah, so I'm sorry, Roland. Yeah, the great thing that I used to think about this, you know, as a huge LeBron James fan, you know, he's doing more than just sh shutting up and dribbling. 
you know, he's actually creating a system where people can actually come together, and especially we're talking about black athletes. You know, for LeBron to actually lead this effort, I think that the opportunities from here are endless. When I first heard about this before they rescinded it, I thought to myself, I was thinking about, it's a little different, but I was thinking about um, employment law, you know, where this, this thing is called um, disparate uh, impact. You know, it's not necessarily, you know, sign out and, you know, documented as far as it being race related. But the impact of that, of course, those of us who are actually felt by those type of race, um, racial policies, if you will. So when I heard that they actually rescinded it, I said to myself, LeBron is once again changing the game. And this is what he's done in so many instances. But I think that this is actually giving power to our sports sports industry across the board. You know, I would love to see something like this continue where they're not just talking about, you know, th this is this is not even a protest. You know, so I'll be interested to see how people respond to it, because this is not a protest. This is about someone like LeBron James using his power to influence the narrative around NCAA and other issues. So I look forward to it, and I think it's a great thing. I, I honestly uh, think it's a great thing. Kelly, go ahead. No, I agree with my panelists here. When uh, Paul mentioned that he didn't know the exact term for such a policy, it really is institutional racism at its finest and in its infancy. Again, this is a niche uh, industry and institution in which it's only uh, applicable to basketball. It didn't even apply to any of the other sports uh, that other uh, black athletes could uh, also be a part of, like tennis, like even football. But they knew that NCAA regarding basketball, um, there's more black people in that arena and more black people will be affected by this uh, new policy. But it is definitely institutional racism. I'm glad that Rich Paul called it out and I'm glad that, you know, uh, they rescinded it. Um, I still don't like how they rescinded it in terms of what the what the new policy is now. Basically, they're saying that, oh, you're okay if the NBA accepts you, et cetera, et cetera. They're still trying to control uh, the narrative and controlling the power. But I think that, you know, this is a start in terms of rescinding the obviously institutional racist uh, policy. Go to our next story. That is uh, today's story leaked that Rock Nation is signing a deal with the NFL uh, to handle entertainment for the network as well as involving them on social justice issues. There's going to be a news conference uh, tomorrow at Rock Nation in New York City where Jay-Z will be there to talk about this deal and explain exactly what's going on. It has raised a lot of questions for people because, of course, uh, Jay-Z uh, probably uh, talked... He did, never said it publicly that he would not perform at halftime for the NFL, but uh, he, of course, uh, has talked as... Uh, sit where others not to do so as well. Uh, Justin, you're still there. I want to bring you in on this here. We don't know the full details of this. Uh, we don't know if Colin Kaepernick uh, uh, was informed about it. We still know that he is being whiteballed by the NFL. Has not being signed by any team. He posted a video uh, last week where he showed him getting up at 5 a.m. five days a week, still working out. Uh, are you surprised by this Rock Nation announcement? Even though it, this leak Again, we'll hear more tomorrow, but are you surprised with all of the energy that was around uh, entertainers, not want, Rihanna and others, not wanting for the NFL, Colin Kaepernick, that the NFL would sign this deal with Jay-Z's Rock Nation? Yeah, I mean, I can't lie to you. When the news broke today, I, I was like a lot of people. I was like, hmm, this, this is interesting. Because, you know, just a couple of months ago, 
it was reported that Jay-Z was telling Travis Scott not to perform at halftime. And Jay-Z's go even gone on record on the song Ape. I can't say the other word. But, you know, that was a Grammy-nominated. Yes, you can. Oh, I can? Oh, yeah, okay. Well, I didn't know. This is my first time on it. The song, the song, is, the song is called Ape Shit. And on the song, he said... I don't, have to I don't have to perform the Super Bowl. You need me, I don't need you. Tell the NFL, we in stadiums too. And now you, you have this partnership with the NFL. Yeah, it did strike me as odd, but Jay, it, if it's one thing I know about Jay, he's, he's a very astute businessman. He's very calculated, and I, th I think he understands his image, at least in terms of just this, uh, th this discussion right now. Now, of course, when you put the pieces together, he, he's, he's a part of the Reform Council with Meek Mill or... Uh, in terms of criminal justice reform, and Bob Kraft, the New England Patriots owner, is on there. And then, like you said, the Colin Kaepernick video came out last week, and then this story comes out now. It, it strikes me as odd, but it's also one of those type of things where I want to see how everything else plays out before I really try to form a, a full opinion on it, because he's as calculated as they come, and I don't think, I don't think all the pieces of this puzzle have really been laid out on the table yet. Well, you know, obviously, we, we won't know until the news conference tomorrow, again, taking place at noon Eastern. Uh, and, you know, I had posted uh, on my social media accounts that I was going to speak to this. Uh, and then I did. I, uh, the folks at Rock Nation did reach out to me. Uh, and we had um, a conversation off the record. Uh, but a, a news conference tomorrow. Uh, and I do want to hear more details as well, because, again, there are, there are African-Americans out there who still are boycotting the NFL. Also, Cleo, I want to hear from Colin Kaepernick. I, I think that Colin Kaepernick has not done, um, I don't think he's actually done an interview in three years. I, I, I do believe that also, not necessarily just tied to this, I also believe that Colin Kaepernick needs to come out and speak. That Colin Kaepernick uh, needs to sit down and do one or two or three interviews um, sharing his thoughts present day, uh, talking about, um, you know, the white balling. Uh, he's interest, interested in still playing uh, because, uh, again, there are people out there, Cleo, who I've talked to, people who I know very well, who are like, okay, are we still boycotting? Are we not watching the NFL? Are we not winning? What are we doing? Like, what's the direction? Remember, the Super Bowl was in Atlanta last year. Uh, Bernice King and the King Center uh, took got lots of criticism for participating in the coin toss in the NFL. Uh, you had people who were criticizing Jermaine Dupree as well. And it's sort of like, you know, where is this movement, if you will? Is it even still there when it comes to uh, backing Colin Kaepernick, who took a knee to, pro to protest police brutality? Your thoughts? Well, honestly, I don't know much about what Jay-Z has just done with Rock who? Rock Nation. Well, again, no, first of all, he owns Rock Nation. Okay. The bottom line is... The story, oh, but here's the deal, Cleo. The story leaked today. Sure. Okay, so we, so there are scant details. Right. It, well, the announcement will take place tomorrow where there'll be a news conference where Jay-Z will be there. Folks who have an opportunity to ask him questions. Okay, though I don't know much about the Rock Nation issue, I do know about what you're saying in terms of people wondering what is Kaepernick's contemporary perspective. What is he, what's going on with him now? Is the movement still in place? He still don't have no gig. He still is who he is, and people who are inferior to him are still being hired in terms of people's capacity to play football who, who aren't as good as he is are getting hired and he's not. So it's clearly still political 
issues going on in terms of his name and him being able to play ball again. So we want to know what's going on, man. What should we do now? Should we follow you? Should we stay boycotting those who are, given what is still happening with your career? And I would love to hear from him, but, but apparently he's doing other things. Maybe he'll come out now that uh, Jay-Z uh, is doing this. Well, well no, well, actually, no, he's, he's, no, he's not. I mean, he, first of all, he's doing other things because, hell, what else he got to do? Exactly. Uh, the, reality, the reality, Kelly, the, the reality, Kelly, is that Colin Kaepernick, I know this for a fact, Colin Kaepernick wants to play in the NFL. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick wants to show his skill set. He's getting older. It's now been three years. Yeah. No NFL team has expressed any interest Nobody, nobody can convince me with some of the scrubs I see playing in the <laughs> NFL that Colin Kaepernick is not being signed, oh, because he doesn't have any talent. That is total BS, Kelly. Oh, that definitely is false, but I can't really speak as to why he hasn't said anything. I do know that the uh, the lawsuit, my understanding, was settled. So in terms it was of, settled. It was settled. So in terms of whether there's a boycott after that, I'm not sure. Personally, I don't think there would be. But I do know some people, myself included, who hasn't really seen a football game since all of this has started. Now, regarding the Jay-Z issue, it, given that he is a businessman and I've seen, you know, some things about him and Beyonce, frankly, they do some things and... It doesn't make sense at its inception, but then when everything is laid out on the table and you see the big picture, it makes a lot of sense. So for a perfect example, uh, Beyonce for Coachella was actually given less money up front than Ariana Grande. A lot of people are upset about that, but then it was revealed... No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That was a report that was never confirmed, and folks at Live Nation came out later and said there was no a higher payment for Ariana Grande and Beyonce, but... Uh, so that was a report, again, that was never confirmed. That was a rumor. Okay, well, even if if even if even it were true, the, the backlash from that was great. But in the at the end of the day, she still got the Netflix deal. She was still able to uh, sell her stuff on Netflix, and we saw, like, the big picture of what that plan was between uh, Coachella, the documentary, the uh, album to come after. So with Jay-Z, maybe he was telling people not to perform because of this uh, pending situation with the NFL. I'm not sure. But I am interested to see um, what comes of this tomorrow. Uh, Malik, Donald Trump, I think it was um, a few days ago, actually commented, <laughs> interesting, where he didn't have the nerve to say, well, if Colin Kaepernick is good enough uh, to play... Uh, then a team should sign him. Yes. Whatever. Trump said that? Uh, yes, he, 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 he absolutely said it, and I agree with him. It was, it was a great thing for him to say. Um, to the issue, I just had two <laughs> points. Um, first of all, right. one of it was a great thing to say after calling him a son, after calling him a son of a bitch <laughs> well, uh, yes, and trashing him uh, all last year. Yeah, I got you. Sure, but I'm, okay. glad he, I'm glad he actually cleared the air and said what he said. This is an election um, coming. The two points that I would make, um, actually to piggyback on what Justin um, said, you know, my initial reaction when I first heard this story, I thought about Jay-Z and the Travis Scott situation during the Super Bowl, and I said, well, this sounds pretty convenient. You know, now you're going to actually work with the NFL, and Colin Kaepernick is still not playing. Um, the second part of that is what you were asking about whether or not Colin is going to do an interview. That's This is one of the things that has actually um, bothered me about the whole protest at all, because we typically never heard from Colin at all. 
we heard from a lot of people. We heard from a lot of people who may have had conversations with Colin. And I just think just from a communications point of view, I wish he had had PR people to actually work with him to articulate what his points of view were, but we didn't have well, that. Hold on, hold on. Stop, stop. First of all, you're making assumptions. First and foremost, you're wrong. He has had PR people. He has communicated through his social media. He is, he is a... social media. He, no, let me finish. He is a naturally quiet, shy person. Mm -hmm. He has released videos. Justin, he has spoken. It's not in his nature to do interview here and here and here and here and here. Um, I've reached out to him. First of all, I've talked to him directly. Okay, offline, phone calls, text messages, but it's not his nature to have a news conference. When he was playing in the league, they, he was asked questions. Remember, he never came out and said, "I'm sitting down." No, what happened was an NFL reporter noticed oh, yeah. a couple of games where he was sitting down. Yeah. Then that's when it became public. Then you had the former, um, I think it was Navy Seal. Uh, or, or special forces mm -hmm. who said, "Hey, it's better for you to kneel than to stand." And uh, and and Nate stood next to him. So you actually had that taking place. It's just he's decided. Not that he doesn't have any expertise. Folks have talked to him. I know this for a fact. He's decided that I've said enough. I'm simply saying that I do believe that after a very long period of time, now will be a great opportunity for Colin Kaepernick. I don't care if it was me or somebody else to simply sit down and share his thoughts. Here we are three years later, settlement is taking place, all these things happen. It will be great for folks to hear now from Colin Kaepernick. And that's my thoughts. Malik, and then Justice, then I'm, then I'm closing this segment out. Yeah, um, you know, I... I... I get, I get your point, and I do think that he actually should say something. What I also believe is that he should have said something a while ago. I think this has kind of gone on now. I don't think that Colin would ever actually play in the NFL again. I don't think that a, a team will pick him up. But I think if he had actually, beyond social media and conversations that, me, if, that he had privately, if he was public and actually talking about these things, I think it would have actually personalized it more in ways than what it has been with just this kind of impersonal social media conversations. I think that if he had actually led the charge, and, and he didn't have to, you know, every day talk about this, but I think if he had actually taken the effort to have, have a sit-down interview with someone safe, you know, to really kind of go through and let people hear from him as opposed to either his girlfriend or other people, I think that that may have helped him. I think not doing that did not help him as much as it could. Just, I, just a final word here. Bottom line is this here. Yeah, I think the point is... Colin he, Kaepernick, could have, Colin Kaepernick could have talked to, he was blue in the face. The white NFL owners were not going to sign Colin Kaepernick, and that's why he is still white boy. I mean, I, I think from the moment the president of the United States called him a son of a bitch, that pretty much, like, sealed his career right there because the power structure in the NFL is way more pro-Trump than it is pro-Kaepernick. And that's just the point. I, and I... It, yep. Just to piggyback off this discussion, when Colin was going through his protest, even when he was being whiteballed after his last season with the 49ers, I think people were cool with him not saying a lot, at least publicly, because they understood what the end goal was. The end goal was like, all right, he's either got to get signed to a team or you got to take the NFL to trial, take him to task. And now that this, you know, this collusion case has been settled and pushed to the back burner, 
a lot of people are still wondering, okay, well, what what are we doing now? A lot of people are looking to him for answers. Like, do I do I watch football now? Because I, I'm of the belief, I think Colin Kaepernick still watches the NFL. One of his oh, yeah. best friends is, is Kenny Stills. And yeah. we saw what he, he had to say about Kenny Stills and the Miami Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross. So I do think right now would be a great time for him to speak. Again, he doesn't have to go on a media blitz tour, do 30 interviews in 30 days. But I do think one or two really well-placed interviews to just really tap into his mind and see what he's thinking would would help a lot of people out because I know a lot of people specifically black people are still confused about whether they feel comfortable watching the NFL right now but what's not confusing is why he just doesn't have a gig what's not confusing at all is why he has not been hired by another football team is because of racism straight up racism right. and because he stepped up for black people and we need to keep that in mind those of us who are still messing with the NFL despite the fact that they're racist all right, Justin Tinsley, uh, theundefeated.com. Uh, I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, folks, Trump got overwhelming support from white evangelicals in 2016, winning a higher percentage than George W. Bush, John McCain, or Mitt Romney. According to a, according to a 2019 Pew Research poll, their support continues. Almost 70% of white evangelicals approve of Trump's performance in office. Some of the things they approve of, he acts like a bully, but he's fighting for them. He sees America like they do, a menacing place where white Christians feel mocked and threatened for their beliefs. And he's against abortion and gay rights and has has uh, the economy humming to boot. Now, that's all based on the story in The Washington Post. And it was really interesting reading this story, um, uh, <laughs> Kelly, because you read this story and, and you're seeing these comments like, yeah, you know, basically, we can excuse the racist stuff. Yeah. You know, okay, he cheated left and right, the porn stars and everything, but he should, I mean, the quote from Ralph Reed was hilarious. This, this, well, everyone has moral failings. The extent the white conservative evangelicals are going to make excuses for Donald Trump, I kept telling everybody, white conservative evangelicals don't give a damn about racism. They don't care about the economy. They don't care about sexism. They don't care this man is a liar. They don't care this man cheats. All they care about is abortion, same-sex marriage, and gay folks. That's it. And I would take it a step further. I would say that they don't even care about Christ, because if Christ were to come down today and look for his most you know, devout followers, I sincerely doubt that they would be going to a white evangelical church. <laughs> Um, because what they're doing is unchristian. What we are seeing right now is, is just plain racism. It is plain bigotry. It is plain prejudice. But it is not Christian. I am a Christian. I know that you are a minister. We, we know our Bible. We no, know no, our no. teachings. My wife's a minister. I'm Your Buddhist. wife's a minister. I thought you said you were a minister. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. He, he has a ministry. Oh, he has a ministry. He has a ministry. Is that what it is? Yeah, this okay. is his ministry here. And, and even that, that is fair. Sustained. <laughs> but you understand my point. We know our Bible. People who are Christian know our Bible. And this is one of those things where you can't point to a verse where they are actually following the uh, red letter Bible to a fault such that Trump actually aligns with it. It, it, it. it doesn't make sense. It doesn't match up because what they're practicing is not true Christianity. It's bigotry. Have you ever I seen love this quote here. I love this quote here in this Washington Post article. 
where this guy... So what happened was the Washington Post interviewed 50 white... First of all, they said 50 evangelical Christians. They should have said white. Uh, in three battleground states, Florida, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, to explain why they like Trump. This guy was like, well, quote, you just got to accept the bad with the good. Uh, and then when you also uh, go uh, into this story, uh, they talked about, oh, how Obama made them feel so bad because their thoughts on uh, same-sex marriage and abortion. And then uh, he, he, here's Ralph Reed, okay? Okay, the chair of the Faith and Freedom Coalition. Uh, he said, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to defend you. Then he says uh, he gets it. He knows they are hungry for that. But Cleo, what's hilarious is these people are so close. They, they, they one person even said, yeah, I like Trump because he talks about God a lot. That man ain't got nothing godly about him. He's playing these folks. He is. Roland, pardon me for being redundant, but I've said a million times, at least two million times, do not try to look at this through a logical lens. And, and Kelly mentioned that if Jesus came, he would not approve of this. But that depends on whose Jesus you're talking about. That's true. I mean, if you ever seen pictures of the KKK with Jesus saves behind them, this is a heart attack. And Manifest Destiny was, a, was part of a religious movement in terms of God sent us and gave us the destiny to kill everybody who, who was originally on this land and take it over. And people were murdered, children were killed. So let's be real clear. You, earlier you said that they were against gay rights and they're against abortion. Well, look, let's, if you look at this from a white supremacist lens, they look at abortion as an interruption of the reduction of white people because they're having a hard time producing. And they look at homosexuality as people who don't produce. So they want to get rid of them because they're getting in the way of the production of white people. They're white supremacists. That's why I call them evil angels instead of evangelicals because it sounds like that's what, that is spelled almost the same way. So let's be clear about the fact that th these people do see Trump as representing God because as far as they're concerned, God believes in white supremacy and God supports white white people reigning with everybody. And that's really their agenda. They don't care how bad he is. If he's against immigration, if he's against anything that's going to interrupt the production of white people, they're about what, he, what he's about. No matter, you're being logical. You mentioned the pornography and the sex scandals. That's irrelevant. As long as he's about white power, he is their representative of God on planet Earth. Melek, I love this quote. He's forthright and honest. <laughs> Fourth white or fourth right? At his rallies, <laughs> at his rallies, talk, at his rallies, he talks about God. Then, um, then uh, I love this one here. Um, all of our laws are based on the Ten Commandments. I think that's why the country is losing the values that we once had. Uh, actually, all of our laws are not based upon that, the Ten Commandments. Because you one. can't have "Thou shalt not kill" in a nation that supports the death penalty. Um, then, um, uh, and then, of course, uh, I found this. Let me read this one here. I, I just thought it was just uh, just too funny. Um, some evangelicals label themselves values voters. What they mean by values, abortion and gay rights, not traits like integrity and kindness. I love this. There's no way I can know those attributes of a person's character. This, According to this woman... Julian Ketchum of Hope Community Church and King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. I love this one, Malik. Here we go. Where's it? <laughs> Although he then said he picked Trump over Clinton in part because he found her dishonest. 
Now, how in the hell can you say you can't attest to the character attributes of Trump, but I'm going to define the character of Hillary Clinton? Sit your ass down. Stop lying. Now roll it. Okay, so here's the thing, and I think it actually is laid out in the article itself. Um, once, you dug, once you dug in the article, what we're talking about are issues, um, things that the evangelicals support. I think we would do ourselves a disservice not to acknowledge that there aren't plenty of black evangelicals who are against same-sex marriage, who are um, pro, you know, who are um, pro, um, pro-life. Um, I can't think of what the other day. But, but hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's be clear. There are black evangelicals mm-hmm. who do not support same-sex marriage, yes. who, who, who are pro-life, but who also don't have blinders on, who don't ignore racism, who don't ignore the economy, who don't ignore how uh, uh, undocumented workers are being treated. The problem for these white conservative evangelicals, they don't give a damn about none of that. They don't give a damn about the border. Think of a damn about his comments in Charlottesville. They don't care about none of that. All they care about, those two issues. Yeah. And so black evangelicals actually are have a conscience in saying, I can't just support somebody who lies, 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 and hear white conservative evangelicals say, oh, my God, he's so honest. He's yeah. Well, Roland, he speaks the truth. He mentions God. He mentions God at rallies. Oh, my goodness. Well, Roland, How can you say this man is godly when he don't act godly? Well, Roland, as someone who actually grew up in those churches where I've heard the fire and brimstone preach, you know, um, sermons against homosexuality, the idea that this is something that's limited to... Now, sure, black evangelicals, they may be concerned about other issues, but those are not policy-related issues. I think if we're talking about things it's like... That's a lie. But, no, I... No. I no, 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 I, I, no. When you roll back civil rights protections, Mellick, in the Department of Education, in Commerce, in HUD, that is a policy issue. No, well, when well, you want, I'm not done. I'm not done. <laughs> when you say we are going to go back to using private federal prisons in the Department of Justice, that's policy. When you tell your U.S. attorneys to go after the highest number of years to put somebody in jail, that is policy. When you say we are going to prosecute the marijuana laws, that is policy. But when to say the Obama that... administration, well, I'm not done yet. Well, just with finish, the Obama, Well, I'm not done yet. <laughs> when the Obama administration said we support the plaintiffs suing voter ID in Texas because it was racially discriminatory, and the Trump folks came in and said we are going that is policy. Well, Roland, so you I'm... can't say black evangelicals are not supporting policy. They are. Well, Roland, those things weren't actually mentioned in the article, so I don't know. Maybe they should have asked them those questions about how they felt felt what? about all of those issues, but it just wasn't mentioned in the article. What are you? No, because it wasn't mentioned in the article because the article was about white conservative evangelicals. Right. Fifty people. Fifty people in a country of how many million? Hundreds of million, 50 people. So we're talking about 50 people. But my point here is that if we're talking about conservative issues. You actually don't believe that the 50 people they talk to in free states is not is not an example of where white 
conservative evangelicals are in America? Yeah, it's an the example of where some of them are. Absolutely. It's an example of where some of them are, but we're still talking about 50 people. But I know just from personal experience, when we're talking about things like same-sex marriage and abortion and all of those issues, that's pretty evangelical. So yes, maybe they should be concerned about some of the other issues that we're concerned about. But, think, but, but to couch this under this notion that somehow that this is how white people feel, I can show, I can go, I can send you to some churches where black people are actually talking about things like same-sex marriage yeah, and abortion. But Melik, you're mixing you're mixing things up. I, of Thank course, I, I came from the black community and know about black churches as well, and I know there's black people who are not evangelicals who have issues with abortion Absolutely. and same-sex marriage. Absolutely. That's a whole other issue. Yeah. The other issues that, uh, that uh, Roland's bringing uh, in is... Uh, who, who on the panel is same gender loving? I know Cleo is. So, Cleo, to keep... Miller keep talking about just those two issues, I am But that's what the article get... talked about, though. Oh, no, the article talked about how those, the article is confirming what I said. Right. They only but, care. Yeah, they yeah confirmation bias. Yeah, I agree. That's what the article did for you. They don't care about his lies. They don't care about his porn stars. They don't care about his payoffs. They don't care about all they care about, man. And long, you, Trump, you can do whatever you want. Because they're you not talking about the pastor of their church. They're talking no. about a politician. They're talking about God, no, the, though, too. Yeah, but they're still we, talking about a politician, not someone who's actually pastoring a church. So I think when, though, that is a distinction between a politician and a moral leader, someone that you would actually have leading your church. But I'm pretty sure that none of them, right? none of those white evangelicals would like Trump to be the pastor of their church. Well, well, I'm pretty sure well, of that. Well, well, I'm pretty sure of that, but we're going to... Please stop. I am talking. Cleo, I'm going to you. I can't hear you. An article is confirming what I am saying. Right, your confirmation box. White, female, I'm talking. Cleo, I'm going to you. The article is confirming what I am saying. White, conservative, evangelicals don't care about nothing else. Cleo, they don't care how this man is destroying the Department of Agriculture. They don't care about the scientists who are quitting because they deny climate change. They don't mm. care about the food program. They don't care about the rolling back of environmental laws. They don't care about none of that stuff. As long as he gives us right-wing federal judges, as long as he opposes gay stuff, as long as he down with abortion, he can do whatever he wants. He got our vote, Cleo. Because that's their priority. We're looking at priorities here. Yeah. And everything else you mentioned, including climate control, which is, which is connected to capitalism, frankly, if, if people take a look at climate control and what it's actually doing to the country and to the world, people have to change up how they make billions and billions of dollars, and they don't want that interrupted. That's more important than the world, than being rich. And that's one of the problems we have in, the, in this country. But the bottom line is that their priorities is power. Their priorities is people who are not going to support the institutionalized interruption of the production of white people, which is how they see abortion and how they see homosexuality. So this is an issue simply of having focus. And because, they, because people had focus, including the 53% of the white women that voted for him despite pussy grabbing, et cetera, they were like, he can grab all those pussies he wants as long as he does what he says when he said you will never, right. you'll never be ignored again. And we were real clear when he said making America great again, which was a contrast to Obama and his black wife. 
So we're no, the, that's so, so let's be let's be real that's, clear that's here that true, that people were, were wanted to make sure that somebody was going to be in office that was going to whiteify with no questions in terms of their their agenda and even the immigration laws. I mean, we, we, there was an article that came out I think today about him Trump prioritizing rich white immigrants coming over here. So there's real clear Malik, clear Malik, here about Kelly. priorities. Malik, then Kelly. Yeah, well, I, I disagree that this is some notion somehow, you know, to further white supremacy. I don't, I obviously, I don't agree with, I, I obviously, <laughs> obviously, I don't agree with that at all. I think it's a ridiculous um, assertion to even make. But again, focusing on what they're talking about, they could have very well asked those white evangelicals their views on criminal justice reform or some of these other issues, but they didn't. So we're talking about, you know, the, the, as you said, stacking, the, stacking the courts. How do you know they didn't? How do you know? How do I know what? I just didn't ask him. How do I know? Say that again. How do you know they didn't ask How about those other issues? They... Well, it, it wasn't mentioned in the article. We're, we're literally talking about an article. So you they said, did. Why they asked him? You don't know that. Well, it, well, if they did, they didn't bother to put that in the article that we're talking about based on the 50 people in, country, in battleground states around the country. Well, don't assume. Don't we didn't ask. But but it's not in the article. So if we're gonna if if they were going if they wanted their point of view articulated in the article, they would have actually put that in the article. So they didn't think the Washington Post did not think that those issues were important, which I which I assume is why they didn't ask that and put it in the actual article. A good journalist. Do what? You a journalist, Melly? Oh, a am I a journalist? No, I'm not a journalist. I just read the article. Ever written a news story? No, I haven't. I just know what was in the article. And those things weren't in the articles for a reason. They didn't want it in the article. Melick, I've written thousands of news stories, and guess what? There are times when you don't put everything in an article. Right, but we're talking about things that weren't put in the article. They weren't put in the article. Assuming you... Kelly, your comment. Did he go to me? Yeah, Kelly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I agree with uh, Dr. Cleo here in terms of, you know, white evangelical Christians, I would argue, is, you know, the cornerstone of white supremacy in this country as it stands today. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they try to use Christ as their rationale and their buffer for their bigotry, but in reality, it's just not Christ-like, period. Not you know, letting people be as autonomous as they possibly can be, you know, within reason, when we have free will, according to what God says, you know, that's not Christian for you to try and control somebody's autonomy. It's not Christian for you to not give out grace and mercy to your fellow neighbors. But is it no. not Christian to try to survive? I'm sorry. That's what, white supremacy is a white survival tactic. Correct. So, so is is it a quote sin to not do anything you can, scorch earth, whatever, to survive as a people? I would argue that it is unchristian to do that at the uh, at the behest of somebody else. But the, but the but the existence of somebody else, based on a white supremacist framework, is a threat to their very survival. Right. So their that... very existence is is that is, 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 is this country becomes more people of color, quote mm -hmm. unquote, is a term that's always used, and they get outnumbered, which means they're genetically and in, in terms of population in a threatened. I mean, this is what this is what Trump meant when he said you'll never be 
ignore it again. He was trying to talk to Correct. people who were thinking like that. Well, so well, they're one of, if they're yep. wanting to survive, yeah. is that a sin? Well, is it a I, sin? I, no, but what they're practicing is not the Christianity that I was raised on. It's not the Christianity that Christ actually bestowed upon And there are a people. lot of black people I who want fit to that, who aren't, Let me finish. who aren't Christians Let me finish. that definition. What Kelly, I'm, please finish. What I'm saying is the Christianity that Dr. Cleo is talking about is Eurocentric, xenophobic Christianity. Mm -hmm. It is not the holistic, universal Christianity that Christ himself actually, uh, you know, created his doctrine upon. What you're talking about is something that is actually inherently American. It is inherently xenophobic. It is inherently indigenous to this country. So what's happening right now is something that is, quite frankly, just American. That and plenty of black people actually fit that bill. So well, if we're, so we're going to call, so we're gonna call white evangelicals unchristians, if we're going to call white evangelicals unchristians, then that goes for the black people who are against those same issues as well. You can't pick and choose what's going to be unchristian because it fits your politics. Listen, what I'm not going to do is play the deflection game. That's not a deflection, that's a fact. Excuse me, excuse me. The article speaks to the reality. That is, what is appealing to white conservative evangelicals about Trump? And what it I'm trying to explain to people is, yes. folks need to stop wasting. First of all, Paula, Paula White ain't gonna say a damn thing about the racist comments of Trump. Nothing. Ralph Reed, not gonna say Jack. Franklin Graham, not gonna say Jack. Jeffers, not gonna say Jack. All these white evangelicals who've been kissing Trump's butt, not going to say a damn thing. You know why? Because they don't care about those issues. They don't That's care. Right. Okay? Because if you, if you actually were prophetic, you would speak to the issue. But you're not. You're partisan. All you care about, you say, Trump, give us federal judges who will be against abortion and against anything as LGBTQ. And they have a right to be concerned about fine. those issues. We're perfectly fine with that. And I'm saying I'm going to call him out because, right. yeah, because he's not their pastor. Christian. some fake Christians. I'm going well. to a break. I'll be back at Roller Martin Unfiltered in just a moment. You want to check out Roller Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roller Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roller Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. All right, folks, they're back. MarijuanaStock.org has another great investment opportunity. If you were lucky enough to invest in their last crowdfunding campaign, you know they raised a lot of money in just a few months investing in legal marijuana farms. Those initial investors now own shares of a publicly traded company. And, of course, they are very excited by that. Now they have a new investment opportunity that is as good, if not better, than the last. I'm talking about industrial hemp CBD. For those who don't know, the hemp plant is a cousin to marijuana, uh, of course, and then has a higher concentration of CBD, which means hemp CBD gives you all of the medical benefits of marijuana without getting you high. Now, until recently, hemp farming was practically illegal in the U.S. and heavily regulated by the DEA. However, that changed with the 2018 Farm Bill, making it legal to grow hemp CBD in the U.S. and creating one of the largest commodities worldwide. They need land to grow all of the plants, and this makes for an incredible investment opportunity. And that's where our good friends at 420 Real Estate come in. Their business model is simple. 
They buy land that supports hemp CBD grow operations and lease it to licensed high-paying tenants. That's right. They are hemp CBD landlords, and you can get in on the action. You can invest in this crowdfunding campaign for as little as 200 bucks, up to $10,000. All right, folks, all you got to do is go to marijuanastock.org. That's marijuanastock.org if you want to get in the game. And if you do so, do it now. All right, folks, big shout gymnast Simone Biles. She made gymnastics history twice in one weekend. During the U.S. Gymnastics Championships on Sunday, she nailed a historic triple-double on floor. In case you missed it, here he is. Just keep making history, Simone Biles. Of course, that led to a six, a record time six all around gymnastic title. Simone Biles is certainly the GOAT. All right, folks, let's talk about Baton Rouge, where Baton Rouge police officers are investigating reports of vandalism at the Odell S. Williams, uh, now and then African American Museum. The museum was founded by local community activist Sadie Roberts Joseph in 2001. As we reported, Joseph was found dead in the trunk of her car on July 12th. The museum has been closed since her death. And so we certainly hope uh, that uh, they find who actually did that as well. All right, y'all. You know what time it is. Girl, no charcoal girls are alive. Not I'm white. I got you, Carl. Yeah, um, illegally selling water without a permit. On my property. Whoa! Hey! I'm uncomfortable. Y'all, what is it about the N-word that crazy-ass white people find so fascinating? These two not only love the N-word, well, just check this out. Bring back slavery to whip them niggas and bring back the KKK. Oh, I cannot wait to see when these two fools don't get into the college of choice, Cleo. Well, I'm not sure they're not going to get into the college of their choice. We'll see, because um, there's people already on some of these campuses, the Ivy League campuses with those perspectives, but they're usually a little bit more discreet than these two women. Were they drunk, or were they just being uh, 
freestyling. I mean, I can't, I can't tell what was really going on, but as I say all the time, these kind of perspectives were cloaked once upon a time, but now people are being very blatant with them, and I think that white folks are frustrated about what looks like a shift in the color of power in this country. So we're going to see more of this. And, of course, not everybody has a camera, so we're missing some of the best moments when the camera wasn't, wasn't present. So this stuff doesn't surprise me. Not at all. Yeah, but... Yeah, Kelly, but I love it when they, I love it when they do roll the cameras. I mean, <laughs> it helps us see exactly who people really are, right? And what's uh, fascinating to me that people don't necessarily mention, but it's there, these are children who obviously got this kind of rhetoric from somebody, maybe a parent, maybe a mentor, but somebody older than them that is within, you know, possibly even my generation. So to say that racism is dead because of Obama, that whole spiel that was happening, you know, between, you know, Crazy. 2008 and now basically you know it it's just not true it's it's a bunch of crap so you know once again teenagers white teenagers learning how to be racist from somebody who was a racist and you know circle continues so roland this is trash <laughs> this is trash we can call it trash because they that probably they're probably evangel- what did you evangelical. Say, They're probably evil angels, right? <laughs> yeah, so let's just go ahead and call this trash. Um, trash in its rawest form. But I cannot help but think that something, I, and I don't know what is this tendency, and maybe, you know, maybe racism really does explain it, but there seems to be just a such exaggerated effort to be as provocative as you can be. I mean, the notion that we're talking about bring blacks, bring blacks, bring back slavery what does that even mean you know you you want black people enslaved you want us hung from trees you want our mothers and sisters and daughters it means raped. you want to stay in power you want us right. it, means, it, means, it means you, you know. want to stay in power and we don't want you black people interrupting our status our quo. status and our privilege and we, you, you get in our nerves so we but, we're, but, we're, I mean, we're acting I out i i again as I say, this is trash. So let's just call it trash for what it is. But I can't help but think that. But it's some no of less this... trashy than the last story about the evangelicals. It's well, that's no, trash I, I, think, too. I think those are totally different because they're not being offensive. The evangelicals weren't being offensive against black people. Well, they speak in cold. They speak in cold. Well, let's not talk about. They speak in cold. These white women were uh, not. Melek, uh, I dare say you're offensive to black folks when you don't say a damn thing about racism but you call yourself a pastor. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, I forgot, because journalists generally don't ask those questions that they want in the article. Um, but this is trash. What I mean, the hell? What? Well, you were just, you know, they didn't ask about those things. He but didn't you say said, that. He said ask, it didn't make the paper. Can you ask they might have asked them. Well, okay, I'm can sorry. Make- as Cleo clarified, those things didn't make it to copy. So they didn't want those things actually made. in. If they talked about it, they didn't want that actually in the article. Stay on subjects. Well, I'm, I'm just making a point about, you know, you said you said that those things were actually racist. I mean, well, the discussion was about what these crazy, trashy girls said, but Cleo actually switched to actually talk about what the evangelicals said. I nuanced I'm it. Just having, they, I'm they, just trying to... They're all the same look, thing. I'm just here so I won't be fine, Roland. Wow. So you won't be like, who? I don't know. I, talking, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Let me go to my interview with Lonnie Love at Essence Music Festival. I don't want to talk about it. Go on. Get playing. <laughs> We are here again at Essence. Essence, and, and you, you the stage host. Uh, is We had the first night. Now, we talked about a shout-out. We discussed this. I, I was 
was looking for you. You you usually have on like a bright colored suit and I couldn't find you. But I'm gonna find you tonight. Tonight's the second night. I'm gonna go to the stage center and I'm gonna shout you out. Roland Martin. Roland is a staple here at Essence Fest. We cannot have Essence Fest without Roland and his and something. He gonna have on something fly, like you know no, no, this. No. So now tonight I got something made. Tonight it's gonna be a white outfit, but the sleeves are kente cloth. That's going to be, okay, so I'm going to definitely, I'm going to have them put the camera on you too so everybody, all 70,000 people in the Superdome can see you with your, I'm going to say your mama made the suit. Okay, that's. <laughs> An African brother made the suit. An African brother made the suit. Yes. You always going the extra mile. I appreciate no, that. I, I got a sister in Ghana made another outfit for me. And it did not get here on time. But, oh, yeah. But wait, it's one of the outfits that was in Black Panther. But it, you barely saw it in the movie. Uh -huh. But it was this. As a matter of fact, hold up. I, 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 I'm a, hold up. I'm going to get the reaction. I'm going to get Lonnie's reaction. I can't wait to see this tonight. No, it's not, this ain't the one tonight. I know, I like, I but I'm going to show you. This is a video of the one. Come on. Unlock. This is a video because, you know, first of all, uh, photos. I got a whole uh, album called African. Oh, but. You know. Uh, yeah, you do. You, you got to separate all your stuff. This is the video of the outfit I had made. Oh, what's, that ain't your size. His ass skinny. <laughs> yeah. He ain't wearing mine. Two, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, that's 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 tight though. That is tight. Yeah. You would have came with that. Yeah, I would have put you on stage. <laughs> well, it didn't get here on time. Yeah, but okay. It, it's coming. Actually, she's in Ghana. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. She ain't like from Ghana in the U.S. No, she no her ass in Ghana. She original. Okay. Well, I can't wait to see tonight's outfit. Oh, yeah. And then you got something for Sunday, right? Oh, it's white and gold. Ooh, yeah. Alphas love that gold. Alphas love gold. Okay. Now, Essence is over, of course, Sunday night. But then the Delta Convention is here. You sticking around? That's right. I have to work. I have a show in New York. But I'm here in spirit because I just joined WW, so I'm going to be here. I, I've taped some videos for my sorors and everything, so I will be here through video. Now, have y'all taught Kim Whitley how to properly do y'all sign and oop? Because Kim struggled at the centennial. She had like the th she had like the thumb. She, it was. I was like, is that like a spider web? I, well, I'm like, what the hell? I, we've been trying to work. I've been giving her rubber bands to try to work so she close her fingers. It's like, girl, we can't show them pinkies in them spaces. It's that that's not it. So yeah, we're still working with Kim Whitley on that, but she'll get it. She right. Now, are you gonna do like Ricky Smiley did? Cause you know on his show, he had like Omega bullshit on the wall. So are you gonna sneak in some elephants and some triangles on the set? <laughs> I might. You have to see. Yeah. Now, what's the show? When is it coming on? Um, it'll be, let's see, it'll be in, in the fall, in September. So you got the real and you got a show. Yeah. You trying to be like Steve Harvey. Oh, can't nobody be. He got like 18 jobs. I'm just trying to keep up with two. But I'm just happy because of the sport, support I get from our community, from, especially from our black women. It's just wonderful. And when you come to events like Essence Fest, you see, like, everything you know, the, you, that you're doing something right. Because so many people love and support, and they show it. And they show it hard, too. Okay. So I'm just blessed and fortunate. And, but most of all, I'm humble. Have you had to deal with that aggressive, give me a hug? Yeah, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, that's why now I have to carry a security guard. So, but it's okay as long as they do it in love. But when they try to get like forceful with it, that's well, that's, that's that's the older sisters. Oh yeah, that 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 Detroit come out. How, what's up? What's up? Detroit Debbie come out on them, and then they be like, "Oh, we sorry." I say, "Okay, now come on, let's do this right." You know? I've been me tooed by some uh, older sisters, uh, pitching on her ass, and like, "Hey, baby." Yeah, you just got to deal with that. that them, them, them aunties and TTs. You got to deal with aunties and TTs. We let them go. They, they don't even know what Me Too means. So you just let them do it. Like, well, the election is in hot and heavy. I can't wait to bring it to, to hashtag bring the funk on the real. Um, I'm, I'm going to keep it real. That's what we're planning for the fall. We're planning to have um, political spotlights. People like yourself, April Ryan, Angela Rye, you know, we're inviting to come on because we need to have people like you who actually study and can understand and explain to the people the thoughts and the, and the policies that's going on. So that's the reason why it's important, and we would love to have you and come on. As well. And plus, I bring a female crowd. The ladies love Uncle Roro. All right, Uncle <laughs> And bring, wear that, wear the, wear the suit that ain't, didn't make it. When you, you want me to wear that one? Yeah, I want that one. That one? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm, I, you know I'm going to walk out with it, too. Just <laughs> Walk out smooth. You know. Because, you know, when you're black, when you walk, you got to have, like, a little shake. You know how we walk, like. Yeah, that, that swag. That swag. You know? That black man swag. <laughs> that, <it's, laughs> not the white man swag. <laughs> You're a fool. No, you ain't going to sin. Love you, baby. All right. Line of Love has no sense whatsoever. I want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, yesterday, of course, I was in L.A. for Seth the Entertainers Golf Tournament, raising money for the Boys and Girls Club. Shout out to Seth uh, and the Kyle Family Foundation, seventh annual golf tournament. Had a great time there. Uh, but back in the saddle. So I'll see you guys tomorrow from D.C. I want to thank our panel, Cleo, Kelly, and Melek. Thanks a lot. And I'll see you guys tomorrow right here. Don't forget to support Roland Martin Unfiltered by joining our Bring the Funk Fan Club. Every dollar you give goes to support this show and the work that we do. Go to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. You can use Square, PayPal, or even Cash App. All of them work. If you want to mail a check, we'll take those as well. Make it a cashier's check or money order. They ain't trying to deal with no high checks. All right, y'all. I got to go. Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.